We have a quorum. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I will call the meeting of Tuesday, November 21st, 2023 to order at 8 a.m. We're going to recess into executive session pursuant to section 551.071, Texas Government Code. The council reserves the right to convene in executive sessions from time to time as deemed necessary during this meeting for any posted agenda item to receive advice from its attorney as permitted by law to discuss the following. Consultation with city attorney to seek advice about pending or contemplated lit litigation and a settlement offer or on a matter in which the duty of the city attorney to the city's governmental body under the Texas disciplinary rules of professional conduct of the state bar of Texas clearly conflicts with chapter 551 of the Texas government code pursuant to section 551.071. B, discussion regarding possible purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property pursuant to section 551.072, land acquisition for future development personnel matters pursuant to section 551.074. D, deliberation regarding commercial or financial information received from or the offer of a financial or other in incentive made to a business prospect seeking to locate, stay, or expand in or near the territory of the city and with which the city is conducting economic development and negotiations pursuant to Section 551.087. Council will now recess into executive session at 8.01 a.m. All right, good morning again, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to reconvene into our regular business session at 8.17 a.m. We'll have our invocation by Ms. Tamara Bounds, and we'll have our Pledge of Allegiance by Councilwoman Short. We'll have our Texas Pledge by Mr. Lewis, Councilman Lewis. All right, let us all stand together. Council. 
We have the citizens' comments, citizens wishing to address the council on non-public hearing agenda items and items that are not on the agenda, you may do so at this time. Due to the regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act, please do not expect a response from the council if you're not able to do so. This will be your only opportunity to speak. All comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized during citizen comments, please complete a blue card located at the entrance of the chambers and presented to the assistant city secretary seated to my right, your left, the council may not respond due to regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act. Do we have any cards, Ms. No. Marine? All right, thank you very much. All right, council announcements. Ms. Brosh? Yes, sir. All right, Ms. Tenora? Yes, sir. Ms. Short? Yes, sir. All right, Mr. Newsom? No, sir. Ms. Bounds? None for me, All right, Mr. Lewis? Yes, sir. None for me. Thank you all very much. All right, staff comments. Mr. Smolinski. Thank you, Mayor. As we're waiting for Matt Young to come up, just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody if we don't see each other before that. Good to see you, my man. Good morning. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, if you remember this summer during the budget cycle, as we went through fees and charges to the departments, I gave a brief update on the parkland dedication <coughs> and development fee ordinance. Um, there's really two components, as you're aware, the land dedication requirement or the cash in lieu of fee, which is $1,000 for single family, $1,250 for dwelling unit for multifamily, and then the park development cost, so the piece of what it takes to actually build the parks at $1,923.75. Uh, the ordinance itself requires an update and review of land values every two years. We completed that earlier this year, and so today we're really just kind of comparing that and seeking direction from you as, as council. So you can see the, the increase from 2021 to 2023. Uh, we did review all of the park development fee costs, and while costs of everything are going up, we don't think that there's anything significant there that the fees for the park development piece needs to be adjusted at this time, but did want to get your direction on the land value if you wanted to increase uh, that at this time. Most likely, land values will continue to increase, so uh, it is essentially up to you if you would like us to consider the increase now or we can go another couple years, review land, and adjust at that time. Uh, one thing that we don't want to do is go 19 years like we did two years ago and have such a drastic increase. Uh, but you, as you can see, what we would propose based on the values over the last two years, around 13 to 26 percent, depending on the area of the city, uh, that if you did want to consider a fee, that we would put that on your December 11th agenda for consideration. A single family going from 1,000 to 1,200 and multifamily from 1,250 to 1,500. If you don't want to update the fees at this time, that is fine as well, and we'll stay the course and then come back to you in the future with a, a new market study at that time. So at that point, I'm just open to any questions and direction that you might have. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Young. Council, are there any uh, in regard to comments on what has been proposed uh, for Mr. Young so that we can offer him our suggestions. Go ahead, Ms. Bounds. Just a quick question. So for the proposed budget that we uh, have already agreed on, was that for the $1,000 and the 1250 in the current budget? And so you're asking for us to consider another proposal? No, so the fee schedule for the ordinance is just an exhibit to the ordinance, so it really doesn't factor into our budget per se. Mm -hmm. So the, these revenues are collected on, on either the, at the plat phase for the land or the building permit for the development fee, and so those go into the accounts, and as sufficient funding is there, when we consider capital projects, this is just one of our funding sources, so it's actually not part of the annual budget process, so this doesn't make any impact for the FY24 process either way. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, on my left, any questions, concerns regarding? Go ahead, Ms. Short. Uh, I, I think it is smart to do the small increases on a regular basis rather than wait the 19 years, like you said. And I don't, I don't think this is a, too big of a jump where it's going to be too negative of an impact on builders and on development. Good word, thank you. All right, Ms. Brosh. In Matt, I was just trying to think back in 21, was it toward the end of the year or was it earlier in the year? When it we was, uh, the ordinance was adopted in November. It's in November, yes. so mm -hmm. this be, I'm just trying to figure out how we could get another year in there. And, uh, and just for the record too, just also realize that any developments that are already in the process, have already initiated, are still applicable to the old rates. This would only be for anything that has not been initiated going forward if you choose to, to increase the rates at this time. Okay, I'm good. All right, everybody else? Okay, anybody else <clears throat> would you like to add? All right, so we've, 
Go ahead, Mr. Newsom. I'm watching that finger. I'm watching. I'm a finger watcher. I, okay. I, I'm actually, I'll make a quick comment. I guess since since you you know talked me into it, um, <laughs> I'm actually in agreement with with Julia. I think I think we get ourselves in a bind when we when we look to make adjustments in too great of a gap in time. And I think this just makes sense. It's not a, you know, it's a small, um, small percentage of an increase. So, but uh, based on the cost of land, uh, I think it's, it's appropriate, so. All right, anybody else? Mighty fine, I think we're good. So okay. we like the proposal, sir. So that All would right, be the direction. We will prepare that for your December 11th agenda. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, and good to see you. All right. And that's all for us, Mayor. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Council, is there any action to take pursuant to executive session? Oh, I thought it was. Okay, all right. We're shaking our heads no. I'm like Mr. Bross. Do they need to do something out here? Do we need to? Okay, we're good. That's right. That's what we said. Thank you very much. All right. So the answer is no, as we all can consent together. So I guess now we go to the consent agenda. All right. Item 11, consent agenda. All matters listed under the consent agenda have been previously discussed, require little or no deliberation, are considered to be routine by the council. If discussion is desired, then an item will be removed from the consent agenda and considered separately. Otherwise, approval of the consent agenda authorizes the city manager to implement each item in accordance with staff's recommendation. Council, are there any items that you would like removed hearing none seeing none all right i am prepared to receive a motion motion to approve thank you miss bounds second thank you miss brush all right hearing no questions please cast your votes that item carries seven zero thank you all very much all right moving right along item 12 is our new business 23-5736 is that item number ordinance first and final reading on an ordinance approving a development agreement with IPRR South Point 9 LLC regarding the development of approximately 79.41 acres in the SM Blair Survey Abstract Number 72, Johnson County, Texas, and the C. Avela Survey Abstract Number 1102, SM Blair Survey Abstract Number 135, Ellis County, Texas. City of Mansfield, Johnson, and Ellis Counties, Texas, on property generally located north of the intersection of South United States Highway 287 and South State Highway 360, approving a concept plan and phasing plan, providing that this ordinance shall be cumulative of all ordinances, providing a savings clause, providing for a penalty clause, providing for a severability clause, and providing an effective date. Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Honorable Mayor. Good evening, sure. or rather, good morning, good morning, City Council. I know this is different for me. <laughs> this is the second phase of the process for rezoning property to the S. South Mansfield Foreign Based Development District. Mm -hmm. As part of that, a development agreement is required. We have had four of those come before you as a body before for review and approval. This is the fifth one. Pursuant to the development agreement parameters proposed, the property would be developed under the T4, the Urban Transition Transect Zone. Principal buildings, also as proposed, would not exceed four stories in height. Please recall under the provisions for the S. South Mansfield Foreign Base Development District that multifamily buildings have to be at least four stories in height, so wouldn't apply to those, that limitation on height. And then to make sure that there is a transition visually from the higher intensity development that is proposed near the intersection of U.S. Highway 287 and State Highway 360, that it steps down in height to a max of three stories because there is single family and proximity in the existing South Point development. The parameters also propose a palette of exterior finished materials that are divided between primary and secondary, and as proposed, the construction will be completed in two phases. There are street types that are provided, and those street types are intended to reinforce walkability and a human scale. They do take uh, their root from a lot of the principles of walkability as espoused by Jeff Speck. 
the residential product types are limited to flats and row houses. On a commercial space, 15,000 square feet is proposed for ground floor flex retail. There is a definition provided for that. And 22,000 square feet of retail ready space, there is also a definition provided for that. And just taken from the development agreement, here are some exhibits. Exhibit B shows the concept plan, generally how the property is to be developed. The phasing plan, the area that is highlighted in blue is the phase one boundary. That does include the main or the central civic space. And then you see the periphery that is kind of in the salmon or maybe a light reddish color. Uh, that being the phase two. And here are the street types. And then you can see the cross sections that accommodate those to demonstrate how, again, that does reinforce walkability and creates more of that pedestrian-oriented sense of place and scale. And then here is the exterior finish material palette. I will come back to this slide in a second, but essentially the red outlines the exterior finished materials that are primary, and those are generally on the facades that are facing civic spaces or streets, and then those that are shown in blue are secondary, and that is back of house. And here are some renderings. These were provided during the public hearing process. And the Department of Planning and Development Services recommends approval as presented with the sole condition that the six southernmost buildings generally fronting U.S. Highway 287 and State Highway 360 require the primary exterior finishing material as defined within a development agreement on all four sides. So going back to that image real fast, the buildings that we are recommending have primary exterior finishing material on all four sides would be those six buildings. And the thought process behind that is because of the fact that you've got two key highways that are intersecting. It does help to provide a strong visual corridor into the heart of that development, while also starting to create an iconic place, kind of similar to what you see in the other areas where there is high-intensity mixed-use development. And with that, I'll pause to answer any questions City Council may have. The applicant is also here as well. Good. All right, on my left, <clears throat> Ms. Short. So um, when a motion is made, do we need to make it with adding your recommendation? Please, ma'am. Okay. If that is city council's desire. All right, Ms. Brosh. Yes, Jason, uh, just talking about the exterior or the, the areas facing uh, the highways, what would the others look like, the interior product? So the others, they would have a different material uh, based off of how that is defined in the provisions of the development agreement that up to 40% of the secondary exterior finished materials, they could be anything like wood, metal, uh, they could still be brick or stone, that sort of thing, but you're relying on different materials just because of the fact that those are in the back of house. On the primary exterior finish side, at least as I'm reading here, at least 60% would have to be brick, stone, or stucco. And then uh, the other materials, again, as stated, they could be at the discretion of developer per the agreement. However, ephus and vinyl would not be allowed. Okay, and here's my thought process, we, we have found ourselves looking, going down streets, and I can spell out uh, Matlock specifically, where we have seen, where we've required the fronts of houses to be 80% brick or maybe 100% brick even, and we allow the, the back of it to not. Maybe it's, it's a lesser uh, aesthetically pleasing uh, look. And we go down those roads now as council looking at them all the time saying, man, I wish I would have made them go all the way around that. And I, I just, I would hate for someone to drive in into this beautiful complex here 
and drive through and realize that, oh, that was just the, the outside showing, that they were just trying to get us in here and see a lesser, and I'm not saying it would be a lesser quality, but a lesser aesthetically pleasing uh, look. I'd, I just want to be, personally would like to be really careful that it all is aesthetically uh, uh, up top so that not just the outside, but also when someone drives past that for, for sure. the first row. <clears throat> yes, sir. And, and you can do that through uh, through this this zoning. Yes, sir, you can. And to your direction and guidance there, if I may ask, are you perhaps wanting to see maybe four-sided architecture as it pertains to materials on all of the buildings? So meaning going beyond staff's recommendation to clarify. Not knowing exactly what staff's qual uh, is recommending, uh, and I, I would I, I, I trust the uh, developer. Uh, they're not in business to uh, to go out of business. So I I know that uh, uh, Mr. Branch and, and the associates there have uh, they're very capable of doing it. It's just a concern that that I, as you were talking that I realized uh, there is a possibility that a builder could come in and take advantage of, of that uh, wording. And uh, so it may, we may be all on the same page. I just like to make sure we are. Yes, sir. And we'll certainly work with the developer to make sure that we're getting the highest quality of development there because again, it is a key development, a key gateway into not only the entertainment district to the east there, but also heading a little bit to the north and west into the links. So we'll certainly make sure that we're creating that identity architecturally that you're describing. Go ahead, Ms. Short. Maybe if we don't allow wood, you could still achieve that wood look if that's some, a style that they're going for with the cementaceous board. Okay. All right, on my right, go ahead, uh, Mr. Lewis, and then Mr. Newsom. Um, did I, so that I understand correctly, the primary side, 60% brick, stone, stucco requirement, leaves them 40% for the other. Correct. And it's on the secondary side, they're asking for up to 60%. Of another material. I don't see that substantial of a, I mean, it's 20% difference if you just required the same force on all four sides and then the building's consistent all the way around you don't have this brick facade and then something different behind it i don't think it substantially changes cost of skinning a building either um so i'd, I'd be up for it being four-sided on all of the buildings with the same material okay. and if i may ask as part of the recommendation that was provided uh, wood is one of the secondary exterior finishes, and based off of the conversation discussion with City Council, the staff would also recommend that that be struck or deleted from the text as proposed. All right. All right. Go ahead. Mr. Uh, you have a follow-up, Mr. Lewis? Okay. Mr. All right. Mr. Newsom, go ahead, brother. Uh, yeah, Jason. Um, on, you know, in our you know, little packet here, the um, Exhibit D, the um, architectural character um, piece, is that what percentage of the masonry pieces that represent in that picture? I probably would need to yield to the developer on that one. And the reason for that is because that is just the front-facing elevation, right. which looks like it's pretty extensively designed with masonry material yeah that, 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 that was my question I mean I, I mean I, I appreciate you know what this is and you know the developer as well but you know most of us are pretty visual so when we see a picture you know, I don't know that we're picking out 60 40 6 70 30 or whatever it is and we see that and then 60 40 could look dramatically different than what's on a picture in front of us um, 
architecturally speaking, does that rep is that representative of what the guidelines would be as far as um, you know variations in the um, the facade? It represents part of it, and there are some other provisions within SOMA that would require that as well. The architectural variety, which I think is what you're getting at. And then also, I would be remiss to your exact point if I didn't share that there is additional language within the proposed development agreement that deals with the same architectural variety and limiting block lengths and building facade lengths. Okay. All right. Um, I guess that's a, this will be a question for the developer then as far as what this picture represents. <coughs> Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Mr. Newsom, Council, I do not mind at all calling the developer up if you all have questions for him, them. Uh, would you all come at this time and um, address any questions that Council may have? Thank you, Mr. Alexander. <clears throat> all right, Mr. Newsom, well, go ahead. Um, with those questions, questions you had for these gentlemen, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you heard the conversation. So um, is as far as the pic exterior picture in our packet, you know, what does that um, represent? Yeah, thank you, uh, Councilman Newsom. The picture that's in the packet is an elevation of the buildings that front the front Civic Park. I know during our zoning entitlement, that was a really critical architectural piece. So we wanted to give our best attempt at what that would be. We have assumed that the architecture that's around the Civic Park is our highest quality architecture from the standpoint that's where a public placemaking is being meant. So between 60, 80, 100%, we feel that that architecture right there would be more uh, in line to 80 to 100% of masonry on the buildings that are up against the Civic Park. Okay. Do y'all have anything that's representative of what, that's, what the distinction looks like, you know, from a, you know, a 60, 40 split? Not right now. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Any questions for these gentlemen specifically? All right. On my left. Have Go one ahead. more for Jason. Go ahead. Would say, Mr. Brosh. Uh, I just have one more for Jason. Okay. Uh, okay. Ms. Short has one for the developer. All right. Okay. okay. All right, gentlemen, I just, if you all will come back. I thought you meant Jason. That's okay. I just wanted to make sure, um, are you guys okay if we are going to require the the percentage all the way around the building rather than just front? The, the percentage no. change for the six buildings was new to us as, as of last week, so we're still trying to comprehend that to make sure that we can do it. Going to four-sided architecture on all the buildings, uh, we're not comfortable with financially. To go from 40% to 60%, uh, Mr. Lewis, you said that it wouldn't be a significant cost. That's about $100,000 to $200,000 in change in material for each building. So for us financially, that is significant. We are fine with Jason's recommendation of the six bottom buildings on the lower half of the site that are marked out in the X, but going full four-sided architecture on the entire project is something normally that we don't do. I think the way that the project is planned um, is that when we went and replanned it with the recommendation of Jeff Speck, is that all the interior residential roads have the, fort, have the main architectural on the front and the secondary architecture, which is in the parking, which you commonly see in uh, mixed-use developments like this. So financially, yes, it is a big hurdle for the project if we go from uh, the way we have it now to primary architectural facades for every building. I guess, um, like Mr. Brosh was saying, the concern is that, you know, years down the road, none of those buildings that are wood look rough. The likelihood is not going to be wood. I mean, I, I, I think that the thing that we try to accomplish as a developer is to use materials where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. Uh, we're not going secondary or cheap on the other sides, if that's the concern. Obviously, the streetscape is very important to us as a developer, as well as our builders. Uh, and I think when you drive through South Point right now, we use that same strategy. Uh, we put all our big stuff in the front, and then we moved back and transitioned into the smaller products. But uh, one of the things I'm most proud is of our streetscapes in there. I mean, our streetscapes are very attractive. They're very architecturally pleasing. 
And, you know, in the environment we are in today, with the cost of funds, the cost of materials to go four-sided on everything uh, is, is a tough putt for us. What if it was just a material like hardy board? That would be a consideration, uh, Councilman Short, but, um, um, you know, we're going to use brick and stone in a lot of places, and we're not going to use a secondary material that's going to downgrade what we just spent a bunch of money on on the front. And, you know, if you've got two buildings that are back-to-back -back or something like that, I mean, you can do things. It doesn't affect the streetscape at all. And I would submit that if you look at what we've done in South Point, uh, we're not going to drop our standards from what we've already accomplished and presented to this council and what we've actually built. All right. And, and gentlemen, for the record, just state your names, if you would. And then, Mr. Tenor, you have the next question. Y'all state your names for yes. us. For the record. David Branch of North Rock uh, Development Group. Okay. Mark Meyer, TBG Partners. Thank you. All right, Mr. Tenor. This is a question for Jason Alexander. In turn, speaking of the standards in South Point, I wasn't on council when the Julian was approved. Uh, what, is, what, was it, what was its requirements? Per the South Point PD, there were strict masonry requirements for the construction of buildings. I can't remember if there was anything uh, in addition to that. But what I would say is that the requirements under the South Point PD, uh, those do support a higher quality of development they are distinguished or differentiated from SOMA and that SOMA focuses a little bit more on the architectural detailing and not just the materials. Yes, uh, Jason, if I'm not mistaken, we will uh, see renderings, we'll see conceptual plans before the, the final approval is made anyway, right? No, sir. Under SOMA, if the development agreement is approved with the concept plan and with any terms and conditions as imposed by city council, it would then all be staff driven at that point unless there's a request for a warrant that is appealed to the city council. Okay, then I'm kind of stumped at this point because I, I was thinking we would get another shot at it it seemed i'm like brent i'm very visually oriented and most guys are and uh this is the third time it's, this is the second shot mm -hmm. at it but uh, i no no you're okay. i've always you're been under like the feel. impression that we would see a a uh, uh basically a completed uh concept and i get we can all call concepts one thing or another. I'd like to see the, the front and the rears of the buildings. Okay. If I may, Mayor City Mr. Council, Lewis. would it be possible maybe as a term of the development agreement to maybe have those conceptual drawings come back to City Council for review? and approval as part of this so that way you're able to see the materials on all elevations and it also gives the developer time to make sure that they're getting it right for their vision and that they're getting it right with their financing i totally totally am in for that all right Man. i want to make it work i just want i don't this hey, is you want a, to see this it. is a primary entryway that's fair into Mansfield. That's fair. Yes, you want to see it. I, I think we agree. We want to make it work too. I think the reason that we went under the SOMA code uh, at the direction of the city was to go through this process to where staff has the ability to review and approve on the back end. So, in a way, I feel that we're going away from SOMA, from what you're saying, to where the council has more review and a direction, which is not the intent of SOMA. So from the developer standpoint, just the clarity of our process, then if we have to go through this extra step, which is not in the SOMA code, uh, we need direction from you guys so we understand the process of development. Because right now, what I'm hearing is a um, confusion in your own process. Okay, well, you understand clearly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for uh, is nearly to what you've proposed on the front end or what staff has 
proposed on the outside front end, I'm looking for that all the way through the project. I understand you're saying that's, that's going to be difficult to do, uh, difficult or maybe impractical to do. So at this point, I feel like there needs, uh, I'm a, a poor negotiator, but I'm sure, I'm surely willing to negotiate, try to make it work for both sides. All right, Mr. Lewis, and then Mr. Newsom, and then Ms. Bounds. Lewis, Newsom, Bounds. Mr. Alexander, does SOMA, uh, SOMA has the architectural standards and the masonry requirements and all of those pieces, is that correct? It has the architectural standards, Council Member Lewis, but not the exterior finish material requirements because of state law. That's right. So um, in the, when you approve SOMA, zoning case, you go through the two readings, you've received the entitlement, you come back and you, the second phase of the plan is to require the concept plan and the phasing plan through a development agreement, is that correct? Correct, sir. Does the concept plan, is there any requirements in there to show things like materials? No, sir, just renderings that kind of show the Generally. looks of buildings and then, excuse me, <clears throat> And also to demonstrate kind of the layout of the site as well. <clears throat> okay. That's, a, that's what I was trying to remember process-wise. I didn't remember us having any discussions on exterior finish out on any of the other SOMA cases um, that had come through. This just happened to, because you illustrated it on this exhibit, now we're having a discussion <laughs> about them. Because um, I, I would assume like you said, we've given staff the ability through the through the planning department for Jason Alexander to wear you guys out to make sure that this looks great and has four-sided architecture or that, you know, he works through the the perimeter, the 362-87 piece, especially having the, the same high standard. Um, now, I know from a council perspective, I agree with Councilman Brosh, I can drive down Matlock today and I see the backs of houses that I'm not worried about what, what you deliver on day one, everything that you build on day one is going to look fantastic. It's day 20 or year 20 um, where some of these materials, and I can speak specifically to projects that are being built outside of our city across the street from this that are not going to look good in 25 years because of the material choices that they've put on part of the exterior, but particularly on the interior of the project. Um, and we know that long-term, 25 years from now, if your interior of your project has failing material, the owner of that complex or that project is not going to necessarily want to immediately go reinvest until the rents get so depressed because they can't demand high rent that they have to go reinvest. And so uh, rents start to, to drop because the quality of the project 25 years from now doesn't, doesn't hold that standard. So I don't know where the, where the happy medium is, and I think that maybe a lot of it is um, the, the fear of what we don't know on those materials that are on the inside. Um, I don't necessarily want to go through and, and develop a list today of what materials would be acceptable and what wouldn't. Um, obviously, I think wood is fine for some accent pieces, but overall wood is, it's wood 25 years from now. It's not going to hold up. It's going to be rotted away. So um, I don't know what, I'd be open to a recommendation from Mr. Alexander on how we get through that. Uh, to get to the next step, um, I'd be willing to make a motion that all of the perimeter buildings have the uh, four-sided materials like staff's recommendation, but I'm not over the hump on the interior buildings not also being that, or if they're different, I would like to know what the difference is rather than just it's going to be different. <clears throat> we were talking while you were talking, Councilman uh, Lewis. So to make this process easier, we do not want to extend it out and go through detailing out each building. Um, what we would propose here, if this would be accepted by the council, is just going to 60% masonry on all buildings front and back as the primary facades. Um, hearing and understanding your concern, which Jason, I think right now it's 60% for the front elevation we would just do that as four-sided architecture for um, all the buildings. All right. Before that happens, you, you, may, you may approach. But before that happens, let me, let me hear from Newsom and Bounds 
and then we'll take up what has been proposed to us. Sure. Go ahead, Mr. Yeah, just one quick question. I Maybe this is for, for Jason. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that y'all are talking about going to 60-40, actually, the interior side. I was probably okay with that being 40%, but my, I guess my, my secondary concern is the, the exterior facing of, those, of the building, the architectural piece of the exterior facing of the buildings that are on 287 and 360. Or is, is those, are those sections required to have, or this maybe this is a question for Jason again, are those, question, are those exterior facades on the buildings that have the rears, the rears facing to 287 and 360, what, what are those, what's the makeup of that exterior? So it would be primarily masonry as proposed. That would be the brick stone and the stucco. Okay, but um, but the architectural piece, do they have, is the same guidelines applied to the rear as to the front of those buildings? Correct, and that's where the provisions that are inside of SOMA that deal with building materials and configuration would take over. Okay, all right, that's what I needed to know. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, Mr. Alexander, ma'am, for this project, this is a SOMA project, correct? Yes, ma'am. And as far as we are to understand, the applicant has followed everything that they've needed to follow within our SOMA plan that this council agrees with, correct? Correct. Recommendations are that the buildings facing 360, because they're a public view uh, as well, that they be changed to represent the same architectural value as the facades on the, the other ones, not the secondary, but the primary ones, correct? Yes, ma'am. So the only recommendation that I'm hearing today is that we look at, and I understand that we want everything to match and everything to uh, be great because we are held to a standard that this be an awesome project. And we feel like it can be an awesome project. So understand some of our concern with some of this as well. But for me, if we're saying that we all agree on SOMA and we all agree that it's met the needs and you've gone through all of that with staff, I don't know how I feel about us sitting up here trying to renegotiate changing it all up, to me, that becomes a PD and not SOMA. So um, I'm good with the recommendation. I'm good with the architectural designs that we're going to do on those ends of the buildings. Um, and I'm good with the process. All right, Mr. Lewis. Mr. Alexander. Sir. They, I believe they just said they're fine at 60-40 all the way around. Larry's. Is that That, that is correct. Are, are you comfortable with that? Yes, sir. And if the city council is comfortable with that as well, I would make a recommendation that on page five of the development agreement that there is a clause that reads rear building walls that face a parking lot or alley. Secondary exterior finish shall not exceed 80% of the total building wall area and the rear building walls that meet these criteria shall be indicated on exhibit G exterior finish concept plan that those two sentences be removed and that way it reflects what the developer has mentioned about their comfort with the minimum of 60% of brick stone or stucco on each elevation. And then the only other thing that I would add would be the removal of wood uh, and that would I think suffice with what has been contemplated this morning. All right. Do I have to say all the words that you just said, or can I just reference the words that you just said? <laughs> Vanessa, what can we do? You, you can just make a motion as um, presented with the uh, amendments that were referenced by uh, Mr. Alexander. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Brosh, I want to come back to you, give you an opportunity to close this out. Question, and hopefully I will. Uh, question then, the rendering that I, I see that uh, of the front face uh, on Exhibit D, I do not see, uh, I, I'm not understanding if that's a 60-40. Yeah, you put that on the slide for us. 
Councilman Brosh, these are the ones that face the Civic Park, and these would be at a higher quality level than the 6040. These are, right, that's the, what The I'm, ones that face the Civic Park. Or higher. Or a higher percentage than the 6040. We don't know exactly what that would be, but we do know that this is gonna be the best architecture that we wanna put forward along that Civic Park right there, because that is the area that we're trying to attract retail and civic uses on the ground floor for those buildings. And I'm assuming staff will interpret this when we go through um, our architectural design plans and refer to this based on um, the improvement. So, That's correct. So if, if, we, if we approve this as a 60-40, uh, I'm, I'm just confused. That, I'm looking at that, I love it. We all love that. That exceeds the 60-40. It exceeds, that exceeds the 60-40. Yes. We give you the ability to do a 60-40. It's going to look substantially different from that. Substantially it, because... It, it may, it may not. The, the director know, this, of planning... This is the area that is in. around the Civic Park. I think we're trying to differentiate that architecture that's around that Civic Park from the rest of the project. Yeah, I'd just love to... Uh, being the visual person, I'd love to see what a 6040 would look like there, and we're, you know, that's that's where I'm having trouble. Is if if I may, Councilmember Brosh, I believe what the developer is stating is that along the Civic Park, because that is the prominent feature of the development, that they're going to go above and beyond that 60 percent minimum for the masonry material, the brick, the stone, the stucco, because of the fact they want to define that public space in a way that differentiates it from the rest of development. Not saying that there would be a lesser or a diminished quality anywhere else, but simply stating that this is the focal point. And so with the conversation that has been had, knowing that it is a minimum of 60% and knowing that we have had the conversation about going above and beyond on these buildings, I feel fairly certain and confident that staff can work with the developer to ensure that the vision that City Council has set forth in this area will be achieved, including with the buildings here, looking substantially similar to those shown in the image. So, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so dense this morning, but no are we, have we changed back to where, uh, where we, we're asking right now to approve a 60-40 across the board? Yes, sir, across the board for all buildings. But then for the buildings here, according to the developer, they're going to go above and beyond that 60% because of the fact that it frames the civic space. Meaning the exterior facing the highways, we, we would allow a 60-40. Yes, sir. So all buildings 60-40. But for the buildings here with the civic space, that would be above the 60% minimum substantially of masonry material. And Mr. Alexander, you, your staff, you all have oversight over? Yes, sir. That, all right. So we're gonna go from your proposed 100% on the outside to a 60-40 that you were, you were proposing to begin with to go 100% on the, on the uh, the, the ones facing the highway? Oh, no, sir. So for the entire proposal, what the developer is saying is that with the primary exterior finished material, at least 60% will be brick, stone, and stucco, all buildings throughout the entire development. Then with respect to the civic space, that core area where this image shows one of the buildings that's framing the space, they're gonna go above and beyond that 60% to ensure that they're getting a finished product that is duplicative of what is on the screen. Okay, just one quick question. Did yes, I sir. misunderstand you to say that you were recommending a change in the initial uh, ordinance to go to 100% on the exterior sides showing to the highway. Yes, sir, I think that's where there was a misunderstanding. Okay, okay. But it will be 60-40% as proposed okay. by development. all right. You all right, sir? <clears throat> Mayor, I All right, go I, ahead, Mr. Lewis. I think I have the points for a motion, but I wanna make sure before we ask for the motion if it's there's anything fine. else that I missed. Ahead. 
So 60-40 on all buildings uh, and striking the text as recommended by staff, removal of wood as a material option and the civic space buildings should have a higher standard as reflected in the exhibits. Yes, sir. As reflected in the exhibits. Was there any other point that we've discussed that? All right. <clears throat> You'd like to make that our motion, sir? I would, as stated. <laughs> All right. Most, okay, Ms. Short seconded. Be, before we vote, uh, I want to, um, I'll abstain from voting because Mr. Myers uh, served as the lead architect on Starlin Ranch, which uh, our church now owns. So I will abstain from the vote myself. All right. All right. Any other statements? Hearing none, please cast votes. All right, and that motion carries 6-0, but with one abstaining. All right, happy day. All right, item 13, am I wrong, am I right? Motion to adjourn. There it Second. is. All right, all right, cast the votes. I have the motion. I was Tamara, mm -hmm. And we'll adjourn at 9.05 a.m. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving and we have so much to be thankful for, ladies and gentlemen. See you later. Take care. <laughs>